0: Good morning. What's the definition of three inches when you're talking about a football? Wasn't that devastating? Wow. And I was just about 50 feet from where it happened. It was painful. So Dewey, I took the wind out of you before you got it to me on that one this morning. A favorite cartoon strip at our house is Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin is a little nine- or ten-year-old boy full of mischief like Penrod. Hobbes is his little toy stuffed tiger. Now to everybody else it's a little toy stuffed tiger, but when Calvin and Hobbes are left to themselves, Hobbes becomes a full-grown tiger, full of mischief like Calvin. And their escapades are fantastic. A little stuffed tiger in the imagination of a little boy to become the real thing. A 19th century Hindu saint told the fable of a tiger and a goat. He told about a tiger cub that was left motherless and was adopted by a family of goats. It grew up thinking that he was one of the goats. And so they would go grazing out in the meadow and as the goats nibbled at the grass, the tiger cub nibbled at the grass along with them. The sound that he heard were the bleating sounds of goats and so he emulated that which he heard and his became a strange sound, but it was an attempt on his part to bleat like all the others around him. And so the time passed and the tiger grew to be more and more like the goats with whom he lived. But then one day a king tiger strode into the meadow where the goats were nibbling at the grass. When the goats saw the approach of the tiger, they all fled for their safety. But the tiger cub didn't know why. There wasn't that innate fear in him that was in the goats, and so he stood his ground and kept on nibbling the grass. The king tiger came up and took his place at his side, threw back his head and gave out a terrible roar. And the tiger cub looked up and faintly made the sound of a goat bleating. The tiger roared again and the tiger cub bleated pathetically. Then the tiger took the cub over to a stream and. The two leaned over to look at their images reflected in the water so that the cub could see that he looked like the one who stood at his side and not like the goats with whom he lived. But the cub just looked up and bleated pathetically to the king tiger. Finally, the king tiger led the cub into the forest to his lair. And there he pulled out a piece of fresh meat And the king tiger drove his fangs into the fresh meat and pulled it apart and began to chew it. And the cub watched for a moment, and he sank his fangs into the meat. And for the first time, he tasted the food that he was born to eat. And he began to eat all the more voraciously. And finally, filled with this new discovery about himself, he threw back his head and he roared mightily like the king tiger that had stood at his side. And then the two rushed off into the forest to live the life of a tiger. You and I were born to be tigers. Yet so often we spend our lives nibbling, never becoming our true selves. You and I are created in the image of God. Yet, so often we take on the manners and the manifestations of one who is created by the world. We are reflective in Adam and Eve. They were born with the image of God being lived out, living in paradise. But they began to nibble at the sins that were there in the garden. The sin of greed, the sin of disobedience and as a result become nibblers of the things that God disliked. They were driven out of the garden to live in wastelands and to live the life of nibblers. We are born in the wasteland, but Christ has opened the gates to Eden. We don't have to nibble. We can be our true selves. We are not born to live in wastelands, eking out what we can. We are born to live in a universe to look about us and know that everything that God created, He created for us. And we are the height of His creation. We are created in His image. Look at Christ. He lived the life we ought to live. He perfectly reflected the image of God and showed us how to live that kind of life, too. And one day, a sick woman, nibbling at the blades of despair and discouragement, reached out and touched the hem of his garment, and suddenly she stood up, cured and well. And there was a little tax collector, nibbling at the blades of greed and self-interest, one day met the eyes of Jesus as he was perched on the limb of a tree, and he became a changed person altogether. And there was a little bigoted man who fed upon the blades of prejudice and hatred, and on his way to Damascus where he would put to death those who thought differently from himself, suddenly was blinded by a ray of light that caused him to perceive that Christ stood there. And when his eyes were opened, he became the most powerful influence in the history of thought in the world next to Christ himself. Or look outside of the Bible. Who would have thought that an ungainly boy growing up in the hills of Kentucky, marked by birth, by an ungainly posture, possibly a high-pitched voice, no manners, a man of the true soil, growing up without advantage, without opportunity, would one day sit in the White House and lead a nation out of the strife of destruction into an era of peace. He started with so little and had, could have remained there, but Abraham Lincoln caught a glimpse of what he could be, of being him his true self, and he became that person. We look back upon Abraham Lincoln as perhaps the greatest American who ever lived, not born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but pulling himself away from the nibbling places so that he could become the person that he was created to be. Abraham Lincoln found the power of Christ in his life. Been so often debated how much a Christian Abraham Lincoln was. But he told a friend that when he stood at Gettysburg and looked out over those scorched and torn places marking the sacrifices of young men and women, he said, My life was changed that day. And just before he was assassinated, he said to his wife, When we leave the White House, before we go back home to Illinois, I want us to go to the Holy Land. I want to walk in the footsteps of the one man who suffered more greatly than I and did it triumphantly. Nibblers, when we were born to be the image of God, Look at Christ, He's the perfect example of what God meant for us to be. And it's not beyond our reach. How do we get away from nibbling among the thorns and the thistles and the rocks and become roaring tigers, stretching to our full stature and self? We do it by developing a profound religious faith A faith in something beyond ourselves. A faith in the unseen. A conviction that of all the seen things in the world, there is something much better, and that is the world of the unseen. The things that we can sense but cannot put our fingers upon. Faith that is built upon the knowledge that true life is eternal and not limited to these brief years. We can count our years here as successful in the eyes of our fellow people, but it's in the eyes of God that determines just how successful our lives are. And if any truth were ever spoken, the great breaker of barriers, reducing everyone to the same plane as the cemetery, into which one passes and leaves behind every material gain and honor that came. And what's three score and ten out of an eternity? It's what we have lived for here in terms of eternity that is of utmost importance, a faith built upon the fact that We live for tomorrow and not just for today and today well-lived makes every tomorrow a vision of hope. We've got to have the right role models. I don't remember the poet's name, but I remember the words he penned. Mark Hopkins sat on one end of a log and a farm boy sat on the other. Mark Hopkins came as a pedagogue, but taught as an elder brother. I don't know what Mark Hopkins taught, whether his Latin was little and his Greek was naught. but the farm boy, he thought, thought he, through many a lecture and quiz, I know the man I want to be. I want to be what Mark Hopkins is. We can find role models, and they are many. Hopefully every father is a proper role model to his son. Hopefully every mother is a proper role model for her daughter. Hopefully, we who stand in the church are proper role models for those who are looking for a better way. But the greatest role model of all is our Lord. He taught us how, and He did it. We can stop being nibblers rise up to our full height as one created in the image of God when we will let Christ perform the miracle for us. We can't do it by our own strengths and there are not those resources in the world to bring it about, but Christ can. He has and He will. We need to hone and keep sharp the gifts that God has given us and use them to His honor and glory. The singer who always pauses to pray before he goes on stage and inspires the hearts of those who listen. The doctor who kneels for a moment of prayer before he picks up the scalpel. These are the gifts that God has given this is how we need to use them. We become like those we admire, like those we love. We need to love Christ. We went to the symphony on Friday night. The conductor of the symphony had written in the program booklet an in-memoriam to his idol. A part of the program was played in memory of the man that had the most impact upon his life, Leonard Bernstein. He was an orphan boy living in England. As a seven-year-old schoolboy, he first heard the music that came from the baton of Leonard Bernstein, and it captured his heart He began to emulate the techniques of Leonard Bernstein. He began to buy all of the performances that he could afford that Leonard Bernstein had performed. And there on the stage that night, it was a Leonard Bernstein standing before the Knoxville Symphony. And our hearts raged within us with pure joy of what he was able to bring from those who were using their gifts that God had given them. Christ can bring to life that image of God, with which you were born, if you'll only let Him. And now this, the world is filled with grass nibblers flitting about from one temporary interest to another trying to latch on to the latest fads, trying to be a part of all the new things that are introduced in the world. But we weren't born to be nibblers, those who fly by night. You and I are created in the image of God, and until we live by that image, our life is in the wastelands. But when we rise up and roar to our full height, being the persons we were created to be, the world's your oyster. And eternity belongs to you.